Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 39th episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast, a podcast about board games, tabletop games, games, and other games. I'm your host, SBJ. <laughs> Try to mix it up. I have Alan here today. Hey, that's me, Alan, from well, Tuesday Night Games, obviously. It's good <laughs> to be here. It's uh, back from Origins and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yep. Back in red and blue. I feel like you guys don't really have colors, but I always associate red and blue with you guys. I always wore red and blue at Origins. I think that's a thing that I'll keep doing. Uh, partner in crime is actually in the same room as you. Sean is here. That's true. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here in Ohio on my annual or semi-annual, semi-annual twice a year. I don't know. You're here. I'm here. Uh, summering in Ohio, as it were, going back in a week. Um, so Alan and I are live on the same mic, looking at each other deep in the eyes, not cutting each other off. That's right, because we're sharing a mic, so it's good. When he puts his head in, I put mine away. The smell helps, so it's like, oh, he's coming. I got to get away. <laughs> how is how is living with each other for what? I'm assuming, Sean, you've been there for a week now. It'll be a two and a half week long trip. I've been here about a week and a half. Yeah, last summer you lived here all the way from Origins to Gen Con, but we're not so fortunate this year. So it stinks that it's only two weeks, but <laughs> for good reasons. He has a special lady friend at home that prevents him from staying that long. Don't tell my girlfriend. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, I learned something listening to you last episode, SBJ. As in the 38th episode? Yes, in episode 38, I learned a couple of things really interesting. But one thing I learned more than any other is I think the B team is better than the A team. Damn it. <laughs> why, why do you say that? Well, I mean, B does stand for best, as, <laughs> as we discovered. Your report with those guys are amazing. Logan had a great story. Uh, it, so it's just it was amazing. I loved listening to the role-playing excursion i loved listening to the dance central story it was just an amazing episode and even the elevator pitch was it was good i thought he was gonna go way over time but he wrapped it up right at the end so it was yeah it was pretty pretty fantastic so good work you three i i listened to it and thought man their mic quality is definitely better than our mic quality and their what they had to say seemed more quality too. But I, I digress. That's just one person's opinion. They have a good give and take. There's a good back and forth. Yeah, and I think that just that just came with time from doing the show for so long. And not to say that you guys don't, because I feel like Alan and Sean, like you guys specifically, have a really good rapport. And then I just kind of came in, you know, thirty nine weeks ago now. And but SBJ will. And Logan, you guys are three peas in a pod. It was very tight. <laughs> I, I felt like you guys were all best friends. That's what I felt. Whereas like when the three of us are together, it's nothing but hatred and vitriol. Not really. I mm -hmm. told you in episode 27. Shut up, you. Alan. Damn it. We're, we're getting better at this, though. We have the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of listeners, yeah. though, so I heard some came up to you during Origins, which I was unable to attend. Yeah. You, you got the knaves. The names, yeah, so apparently that name took because consistently throughout the show, people would walk up to us and say, hey, I'm a Tuesday knave, which was amazing that that, so, 
I guess I got to be careful of what I say because it just might catch. I really liked when they came up and said, I'm a Tuesday knave, I guess. <laughs> like they weren't sure. Like, are people using that word? Am I the first? You know, but they're like reaching for something to describe themselves. Like I'm a podcast fan of yours, but they land on knave because it's catchy. And I always thought those were the funniest. That's yeah, awesome. It, it was cool when I got stopped on my way to the booth, actually. Alan Girding. Alan Girding. Like, what? It's like someone was announcing my name. I turned around. You've and, been served. Yeah, I, I felt like I was going to be served. Like, am I getting divorced? And my wife didn't tell me. She's doing the time while I'm gone. So, uh, y yes. Like, hey, uh, we're big fans of the show. We're Tuesday Knaves. Like, what? It's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, of course, we asked, hey, you know, uh, what do you like? What don't you like about the show? And we got some interesting feedback. Yeah. People love the elevator pitches. So yeah. we're getting rid of them then. They're gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I, th I think the conclusion was that everyone loves the elevator pitches except for you two guys. And I think it's not that you hate the elevator pitches as much as it is you don't like doing them. I, I, don't, I don't hate the elevator pitches. I just didn't want them to become um, stale. I just I was just worrying that we were putting too much. A little bit of spice, right? You right. Don't like. Well, uh, one elevator pitch an episode I think is strong, and I think at one point we were doing two or three. Like we all wanted to do an elevator pitch, and that's when I thought, "Oh no, it's going to lose its mojo if if we do three that's or a really two. good point. Yeah, that yeah. that that was that's what I and I, I apologize for not elaborating that. I don't hate elevator. I pitches. hate the elevator pitch. Good. Yeah. So <laughs> Sean Sean is definitely the one who's guilty. He's like, yeah, if they died, he'd be a much happier man. But too bad, Sean. That's the price you got to pay for being on this cast. But Alan's right. It is because I just don't like doing them. I think they're a great idea, and I think it's good when there's a little bit of back and forth as to what we like and don't like about the show. <laughs> I think you you start the show strong. And then you end the show strong. And the middle is where you can just kind of wing it. And so, <laughs> and ending the show with the elevator pitch, which we we switched up, I think. That closer, was your brilliant move, sir. Yeah, your that was closer move. to, what, 30, I think? Uh, I think that kind of helped give somebody to look forward to. Because when I listen to podcasts, I'm just like, this is their format. I know, like, oh, they do emails at the end, or they do this at the end, and I like that part. I think when we we were doing the topic at the end, it was like, well, I don't know what it's going to be. So why you want to give people a reason to stick around. This is the podcasting podcast about podcasting. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell, tell me more about Origins. Tell me more. Uh, How did the show go? I was actually I was actually a little bummed out that I. I found out later that week that I could have gone, but it was just... Don't tell us that. It's, it's hard to make a, a, a far oh, trip last minute. I'm not, oh. I'm not a spontaneous person. Speaking of which, uh, we got compliments on the zero episodes, and next episode is a zero episode, so that's surprising. But second probably to the elevator pitches, you know what else is really got a lot of props, which was surprising. Captain Chessbeard. Uh surprising number of fans yeah captain chestbeard and some people said he needs to be introduced in the show and i was like whoa 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 slow down there uh but yeah captain chestbeard got some compliments so again weird see what i uh, i like the elevator pitches i don't know if i'm on board pun intended with uh captain chestbeard but uh <laughs> uh what i like to do is take something people like take it away from them and then bring it back like six or seven episodes later as like a surprise. Yeah. Well, I think captain Chessbeard is here to stay, but I don't think he's going to get his own 
Although I think of one episode that would be great would be SPJ versus Captain Chestbeard, just because of your feelings about him. <laughs> back, back to back, yeah, back to the question. You keep you keep going back to uh, sorry. people coming up, and that's fine. That's fine. That's we exciting. We were just to hear. so surprised that people were listening to the show because to me, it's almost this intimate thing where me, you, and Alan get on Skype once a week or once every other week, and we talk, and it's just the three of us. And this was the first time I was confronted by the fact that like. Oh right, people are listening to what we're saying. <laughs> well, it, I mean, I mean, it seems like you guys are, are slightly energized from it, and that's exciting to me. But I mean, you guys could just be lying to me, and like two people came up, and you're making it seem like this huge group came up. I would say a dozen people. I would say he's on to us. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, there was. I would say at least a dozen, at least. Okay. And I don't know how many walked up to you, Sean. But they could have been small references. Even somebody being like, hey, love the podcast. I'm counting. Yeah, yeah. Right, there's, okay, yeah, yeah. There was, there was a fair amount. Yeah, it, was, it definitely wasn't a steady stream, but there was always at least a couple per day, for sure, on the Thursday through Sunday show. Right, and if they, if, they, if they say knaves, they clearly listen to the podcast. Right. Like, that's the only reference to pull from. At first, I thought I was punishing them, too, because I would say, what's your favorite part of the show? And some of them were like, uh, uh, I didn't think you'd ask me about it. <laughs> it's like, oh, whoops. Well, hey, no, it's totally cool if you're lying to me and you don't actually listen to the show or something like that. Here's the cool thing. I definitely also asked, how did you hear about the show? That's a good question. Yeah. Most common response, of course, shut, shut up, up and, and sit, sit down. down. That was the most common response. So we're like, oh, OK, heard from shut up and sit down. Uh, one person definitely said from it's super effective. Good, good. One real weird twist at the end. It was that guy the last day who said like SBJ is my favorite, and oh, I look, yeah. I'm a huge Pokemon fan. And anyway, um, he wanted to hear more about heavy strategic games. Yeah, he said, please tell me more about heavier games. Uh, but there was one one individual that said. I heard about shut up and sit down from you guys. And now all of a sudden it was like, what? The tables have been turned. That's crazy. So keep, so keep an eye out for that big bump in numbers. Shut up and sit down guys. Yeah. Yeah. Coming so if you're way. listening, Matt Lee's Paul or Quinn's you're welcome, sirs. How was, how was the show? Excuse me, Sam. Do you have the time? But of course it be topic time. Let me it hear was it. great. A lot of people walked up to us and gave us compliments on the podcast. Okay. What did they say? How many came up? <laughs> the show is good. Origins is one of our favorite shows because it's a gamer show. At Gen Con, you're just, what do they call it? Like elbows to knees, cradling in the fetal position the whole time, just trying to get through all the selling and the, you know, the show is packed and then there's the smell and the bathrooms are wet and all that sort of stuff. Origins is a fun show where a lot of people come just to play. Uh, got to run a ton of demos of World Championship Russian Roulette. It had the tournament. That was cool. Yeah. Won by a little girl. That was awkward. So the picture of the tournament winner is an eight-year-old girl, and her, like, seven- or six-year-old little sister is doing gun signs behind her head, and they're wearing the World Championship Russian Roulette hat. So that was a little surprising. We weren't sure, oh, is this? But we did it. What was funny was uh, there was a guy who was there every day to win he was showing up for every tournament he was going to make it to the championship and you know 
taken down by this little girl. She was good. Hey, I, I don't know the name, but when I was when I was like eight, seven or eight years old, I remember watching the GSN, the Game Channel Network. The, yeah, what, whatever it's called. But they had a Russian roulette like TV show game where if you got the question wrong, you like fell through the floor or something. <laughs> I guess there wasn't like guns, but I don't know. It's 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 a weird happenstance that and little girl won a game about shooting yourself in the head or not shooting yourself in the head it's just a fun game i think and it's really easy to learn uh so it draws you know a very wide crowd i think we had a lot of different kinds of people playing it was good it was a little unfair in some ways because it was a family it was a father with two daughters and a son and they signed up for a bunch until the father made it into the finals and so did the daughter so the last group of six players Two of them were the father and daughter combo. And I even said to the table, you realize that they have an advantage because they're in the same family and are going to attack other people because the prize was an actual beta copy of World Championship Russian Roulette months before it's going to come out in full published edition. They, of course, at the end, the young girl was winning like crazy and the father was losing and the card was played everyone bang someone which is for one trigger pull instead of aiming at yourself you can choose someone to aim at and of course she's winning normally in a game everyone points to the winner but no father wouldn't point to his daughter he pointed to the person in second place and sure enough he pulled out his bullet blew away the second place winner enabling her the win of the tournament were were the other pl- I, I like the story were the other players hesitant to just attack an eight-year-old was that like the mind game being played definitely not (laughs) okay because they had known about her in previous tournaments because again this father had signed up for many of them and we have the same thing going on at gen con it's a one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock tournament on friday and a one o'clock two o'clock three o'clock tournament on saturday and there's 36 slots for each one of those openings And you have about an hour, so a 1 to 2 o'clock slot would have 36, which is six games of six players of World Championship Russian Roulette. And the individuals that win those six games then have to fight each other. And then those six players, only one will make it, and that one person goes on to the finale. Yeah, they had seen this family tournamenting, if that's a word. It is now. Colluding. Colluding. Yeah, just basically really trying. And then the one guy Sean talked about, just constantly saying damn it entering because he wanted the beta copy so badly so badly and it was funny because after they won we're like all right thanks and then we just walked away leaving the game unpacked up right there for like the game they were playing was their copy so it's like you won now you get to clean up (laughs) Uh, i i want to transition that into the kickstarter but i feel like there's still a couple couple more things about origins i want to know was 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 it a bigger show this year was did you meet up with people did you guys were able to play games with other people during the night or how how did the booth feel i guess those are three questions but answer them as as you played a lot of we played some games there we could talk about that in table talk uh sales were good we sold out of two rooms in a boom uh the official numbers i don't know if those have been released yet but everybody was saying that the numbers for the con were up but Origins, it was the first show that Al and I went to together as a company, and that's a great story we should talk about sometime, but 
I think we always have a soft spot there because that's the show where we really get to connect with fans. We really get to play games with the fans, you know, whether that's World Championship, Russian Roulette, Turns in a Boom, or in this case, even Duel, um, which we gave away as a as a coupon book free micro game. And then we sold as well. So I think we talked about this before. If you come up with a coupon, you get one player's worth of cards, but it's a two to four player game. So you had to find other people with whom you wanted to play or you could pay two dollars for another player pack and seven for seven, baby. <laughs> the seven people that Alan demoed for immediately went on to buy the full game. I mean, it, yeah, it's so there's different sales pitches. I demoed for a lot of people and it was really popular, but I decided I would try this one sales pitch for duel and it had a flawless ex- ex- execution. Seven for seven. I tried it seven times and every time it worked and the execution was they came up and would say, what's this game about? And I would say, you don't want to play this game because if you play this game, you're going to love it so much. You're going to buy all the player packs for it. And anytime anyone took me up on that challenge, boom, they bought all four players worth and walked away with the full game of duel. (laughs) It's called reverse psychiatry. No, it's it's so four uh, four player packs was at six eight dollars unless they had yes. a coupon. It, if you didn't have a coupon, more often than not, it was six dollars because you get the one with the coupon and then you just buy the other three. But we sold out of Duel by Saturday, and we had copies of Two Rooms and a Boom that we had air shipped in for Origin specifically, and those were the only ones you can get. We sold out of those too, but that wasn't until Sunday, so that was really cool. We sold out of everything we brought. I do, I do know just because I've, I've worked on your guys' website, a lot of people uh, write in and I need to update the email because right now the email on the website goes to podcast at Tuesday Night Games and not contact at Tuesday Night Games. Whoops. Uh, that's all right because uh, uh, they're all the same email. They're all, when is Two Rooms and a Boom going to be in stock? Welcome to my world, SBJ. Yeah, yeah. It's, there is... Sometimes questions about the podcast, but it is 95%. Where is Two Rooms in a Boom? Which is um, a good time to mention that um, we've opened up uh, pre-order, pre-orders for the second edition of Terms in a Boom on our website. You can pre-order it now. Uh, we think the game is going to come out around Gen Con, a little bit after Gen Con. Yeah, that's rough. That's a whole nother bag of potato chips because we've been telling people late June and because that's what we've been told. But things, reasons, uh yeah, so the games are shipping late, uh, but you know you can track all that here and on the website. But if you want to reserve your copy, make sure it gets shipped to you first thing as soon as we're in stock again. You now have that ability. Yeah. Well, let's talk about fun stories though, because you asked that too. Because here's the other question: How was the booth? Yeah, yeah. How was the booth? The booth was great. We sold out of everything. That topic, I feel done. Like we had some great volunteers. That's another thing we could talk. We could talk about Don and Greg and Dan and Solomon and even Ben Canellis came in. But of course, Reed or shining golden boy who basically can do anything anyway. But outside of the booth, just socializing with industry insiders and fans and whatnot, it was cool because we got there Wednesday night and Patrick Nickel of Crash Games crash of games and we learned why it's now crash of games instead of crash games that's an interesting story as well crashgames.com was taken story over (laughs) so he had to do crash of games because that website wasn't taken but patrick was doing his first time at as stand-up so he did an open mic night 
So it was really cool. We went with a whole bunch of industry, a whole bunch of industry people were there, like Michael Fox, who has been on the show before. Steve Avery, as you know, was on the show before. He was there. Just a whole bunch of good people. Scott Talks Morris. Yeah, Scott Morris is a good guy. He's been around the industry and designed his own games. So it was, and Patrick did a great job. I thought he did a great job first time. For his first set, he killed it. Yeah. Five minutes of pure comedy slaughter. <laughs> That's good. That's cool. Yeah. And then we, I got to hang out with some of the plaid hat guys. I ate brunch with Isaac on the last day. Uh, we got to play. We, we'll talk about that probably in Table Talk, all the games we got to play. Uh, so it was really cool. It's always, it's summer camp. We've talked about this before. So like, hey, good to see you. Good to see you. So you get to see a whole bunch of good people there. And we didn't, we didn't demo two rooms in a boom ourselves personally at night. So we had our nights free for the first time in, I don't know, five years of running uh, cons and stuff like that. And so we actually got to hang out and play games and <laughs> hang out with our friends. I forgot about this. The So we're setting up Wednesday. Maybe I shouldn't even mention this, but... As we're setting up, first experience of the con, Tom Vassell comes up to us and confronts us about our podcast episode on journalistic integrity. Throwing shade at him, talking shit about him, all the stuff we do. So he said, hey guys, heard the podcast. Let me set the scene a little bit. Tom Vassell's nine feet tall. (laughs) Yes. He's broad as a building and he dresses like Dick Tracy. So he is an intimidating presence physically. I say Panama Jack, but Dick Tracy, sure, you could see that. He wears like the Panama Jack hat. Yeah. But when he came over, he had like a smile of confidence. Like, hey, guys, listen to the podcast. Uh, And you know what, though? He was a gentleman. In the end. Sportsman. Sportsman like conduct. Sportsman like conduct. I got to give props. And I personally have always gotten along with Tom. And I think that will continue to happen. But he mentioned specifically about how I mentioned someone was. Felt like someone was shaking us down for free game. And he said, listen, at Gen Con, there are only two of us there. And I need to know if someone is claiming they represent Dice Tower trying to shake you down for games. And I said, well, I can tell you exactly who it was. It was this guy. And he said, oh, yeah, that's the other guy that was with me. So it was it was it was good. It was fun. He's got to be used to people taking shots at him because, uh, you know, for better or worse, he's probably the biggest game reviewer in the industry, I would say. And so at least in America, for sure, probably in the whole industry. Yeah. So it was good. It's a good chat. Good guy. We had fun. Good, good. And cool. they always do their live podcast at Origins, and I'm not sure if they do it at Gen Con as well. Uh, they I do. Don't... They do have a podcast at Gen Con. Yeah. So we're doing ours at Gen Con Saturday at six. I'm really excited. I think this is since it's your show, SBJ. You want me to get some guests to come on up and say hey, like Steve Avery or Michael Fox or uh, even other people, or do you want it just the three of us? I think just I think just the three of us, and I I, I think. And we kind of talked about this and and nothing was final, but maybe do guests for our like night because I'll have all uh, the yeah. I'll have all the equipment. So if, if you could lie if we I I know you say it's it's your show, but like you know the people. <laughs> That's true. But I mean you're the you're the trigger man. You just like I'm your guard dog and you just unleash me and I'll go <laughs> fetch some people for you. Yeah, so I, I have I have an equipment, so I'll have we we can do four mics. We can bring people in and out. Maybe every twenty, like maybe do an hour a night and rotate every twenty minutes or so, and just have a bunch of guests on and ask them questions, ask them what they played. You know, just real casual. 
And that, I mean, that's kind of how the three of us met. So I think for us yeah. to continue and do something like that um, would be really cool. Here's the sad thing. I tried to do that at Origins. I got a little pocket mic recorder and tried to record in our hotel room with some people. And first of all, I it was out of batteries. So we had to scramble for batteries, found some in the hotel, and then it ran out of memory. So, I mean, maybe that can be a hidden episode or something like that. It's just going to be like 25 minutes and then just cut real short. It was a good time. All in all, man, Origins is fun. I got the I got the equipment. We'll 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 talk more about what we're doing for Gen Con, but we do have a, a podcast panel at Gen Con. I think if we're in a room that fits 250 people, there's still plenty of tickets. The great thing about it is it's free. I know some panels or people charge the two dollar general admission to get in. Ours is free, so if you know you're unsure if you if you want to go or you know six o'clock might be dinner, you should still grab a ticket because I, what it's not going to cost you any money. To do so i want to talk about your kickstarter oh okay yeah kickstarter i mean we don't have to we don't We're have to working on it <laughs> we don't have to dwell on it for too long but uh the world championship russian roulette kickstarter finished Woo! were you guys are you guys happy are you guys excited are they are are the wheels turning now as, as extremely you happy yeah my midnight has yet to return to six o'clock <laughs> <laughs> anthony birch i'm assuming also happy I don't know. We haven't talked to him. I assume he's... <laughs> yeah, that's a good... Whoops. We should probably call Anthony and see how he's doing. All right. All right. Yeah, we need to get in touch with him. So uh, I, I could easily look at the Kickstarter page, and I'm sure the listeners can too. But what is what is the estimated delivery date for World Championship? February. 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 I'll be really honest. At risk of getting into trouble. Boom, boom, boom. I originally put December... And the manufacturer with whom we're planning on going said, oh, December will be no problem. But then learning my lesson from Two Rooms and Boom, I was like, damn it. I didn't think he was looking at our Kickstarter preview page. So I bumped it to February because we want to under-promise and over-fulfill. So me personally, I'm hoping that it's December. I hope they don't look at it and say, oh, we can go slow run this, guys, because they moved it back to February. Because that's not the point. Point is, everyone should have it by Christmas. That's what I want. Be a good That's Christmas. 2018, kid. we're talking about. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Uh, but we ended great. I, I, again, I can't be happy enough. I'm amazed at the backers and the comments we're getting, just all nothing but positive energy and excitement. So, really cool and really trended at the end there. It was crazy because we put a stretch goal that was. What was it? 10,000 more. And we have been doing a stretch goal every $5,000 above our goal. And the thing is, those weren't arbitrary numbers. We had to do the math and figure out what we could afford to upgrade in the box. And then one of the very last upgrades, we said, well, we're going to have to, we can't just do this at 5,000. We have to do 10. Was it 10 or 15? It was 10, 10,000 more. And then there was a comment that said, what is this, a joke? There's no way we can make that. And then we made it and then some. So it was, it was, it was great. It was fun watching the numbers. There's sort of a weird mindset on Kickstarter about like how stretch goals are made. It's not just an incentive to get people to back more or, or up the number of copies. It's just how much it's going to cost us to do it. So when we put up a stretch goal for like 10,000 or whatever, and people are sort of balk at that like, ugh. Why would you even do that? It's like, because that's how much it costs. We can't go into the hole for this. Yeah. 
The other weird thing that some of my friends found really interesting is I was saying, oh man, the worst thing would be if we got to just 70,000. Like, what? What do you mean? Should we pull our money out? Like, you don't want to spend like, oh no. So it's hard to explain, but once we reach a goal and we start selling more copies, that means there's more profit. But once we get so many backers, then it justifies a larger print run. And the larger print run is more expensive. For instance, if you have a deal at a store that says, hey, if you buy two pairs of pants, your third pair of pants is free. And you're thinking, oh, sweet. But you're still spending more money on two pairs of pants than you were going to on one pair of pants. So even though the price per unit goes down, we would have to spend a lot more money to get that price per unit down. So right up front, if we had made that amount of money, the profits are shot. But after we get that beyond that, it becomes much more comfortable. To make this even more boring, we're just really talking about cash flow. If we hit a certain number, <laughs> then we can uh, we have a little bit of wiggle room there um, in case something goes wrong or we have to reprint something or whatever. But once we get to a larger print run, we have like $20 of wiggle room. In the end, it's still a profitable game and it'll make money once we sell through a distribution and all that sort of stuff. But there isn't that built-in extra cash flow of like, you know, what if we got to fly to China to check something out? Or what if we have to do this? Or what if we have to recommission art? Or just weird things that could happen. Yeah, otherwise it would just tap into our personal pockets. And it's that wiggle room is really important because we had to use a lot of wiggle room in two rooms and a boom. There was one point, I mean, we this, this is really revealing a lot here. There was one point we said, well... If the Kickstarter ends right now, we'll have $10 profit. So from the campaign, from the campaign, right from the campaign. Obviously, eventually those extra units we sell at stores through distributors, that kind of thing. But basically, it's like, wow, once Kickstarter sends us a check and we pay for the manufacturing, we pay for the freighting, we pay for the shipping, we pay the artists, we pay Kickstarter. We're looking at $5 a piece of wiggle room, Sean. That's a mediocre lunch at best. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're really happy with the way the Kickstarter ended. Awesome, yeah. awesome. I'm really? sure I'm sure we have we have we have many weeks uh, leading up to World Championship Russian Roulette actually being fulfilled and into players' hands. So we we have plenty of episodes to talk about that. I now want to talk about table talk. I want to know what you guys played. It's time for the table talk. I didn't play anything. I, I I did though. I did did plan a game night, and it fell through. What? So you oh, know, <laughs> bum, bum, I'm I'm, uh, I'm now under the I'm my like my my head is spinning back to back to games like I, back to board games specifically. Like I want to get more to the table. I have to ask more. I think is is just my problem. I just have to say, hey, what are you doing next week? Okay, great. Let's plan something. All right, now let me ask a, a bunch of other people. Let's try. So that, that's kind of my, my goal for the summer is just to get more games to the table. But you guys played a bunch of games, so I want to hear about that. Yeah, it's table talk time, baby. Alan, let's start with you. Let's hear the list. That's <laughs> so funny. Sean walked up to the mic and then took a step back when he said, Alan. Uh, yeah, well, here's the cool thing. A lot of these games I played with Sean since he's here in person with me. But the list uh, I reduced for simplicity. Word Blur, Garbage Day, Sushi Go Party, which you talked about in episode 38, last episode, DCC, which stands for Dungeon Crawl Classic, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong, 
which I believe we already talked about in the show, so I shouldn't have put that on the list. Hit or miss. Thingy. Game I made. Duel. A lot of it, because it was at the show. And a whole bunch of World Championship Russian Roulette because of the booth, but also tournament style. And the tournament is very slightly different than the usual version. Yeah. I know we talked about it last show, so I, I just want a quick answer. How awesome is Sushi Go Party? Do you like Sushi Go? I love it. Then you're going to love Sushi Go Party. It is the exact same thing, except you can swap out cards for categories. For instance, there's always one dessert. So instead of pudding, there could be like jelly pudding, which is I think if you have five, you get 12 points at the end of the game. So it's just variable. But it's amazing because it costs $15 and it, it comes in a tin the size that Forbidden Island comes in. So only $5 more and you get like twice the amount of cards and this gorgeous quality board, which has uh, these punch out cards that fit into it to show everyone what cards are in play. It's really gorgeous and it ups the player count. As you discussed last time, it's really good and it was really popular at Origins. You guys should make a good game like Sushi Go. If only. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying. Huh. Uh, Cause of Death Ghost. There's that. You so. guys, you guys, uh, I see that's on, that, that's on Sean's playlist there. Did, did you guys have uh, like print and play copies at Origins? Yeah, I, I brought the beta copies, which I still haven't sent you, SBJ. And it was actually Tuesday Knaves that showed up and said, do you have Cause of Death Ghost? Do you have Cause of Death Ghost? Those guys were awesome. And I said, you know what? I'll bring it tomorrow if you guys come back. And they came back. So Sean was there, and we played a game of Cause of Death Ghost. What do you think, Sean? Eh. No, it's really <laughs> good. It's really fun. They had a lot of fun. Super simple, very quick. Um, One Night Ultimate Werewolf quick. You know, it's it's good. For maybe, maybe, have you elevator pitched Cause of Death Ghost? I don't think I have. I, I, just, mean, I just, yeah, I know we talk about it a lot, and I, I know if, if listeners aren't going back to episode like 14 or 12, whenever it was initially discussed, they might not know what it is. We should start highlighting what we elevator pitched so we <laughs> never in danger. So we're going to have to go into our Google Drive doc. And anytime we elevator pitch something, put a strike through or bold it or something. So that way, yeah, that way we can just scroll through. But if you want an elevator pitch for Cause of Death Ghost, I'll give you an elevator pitch for Cause of Death Ghost. I want an elevator pitch of Cause of Death Ghost with both of you, but you can only speak one sentence and then you have to switch off to the other person. Wow, you're a dick. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Are we anyone special? No, I, I think the rules are complicated enough. Okay. You, got one, right. you, you can only say one sentence that passes to Sean. Sean says one sentence passes to you. And then you two together have to explain the game. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, you ready, Sean? Yes. Ding us, SBJ. Do you like drafting games? Yes. Then you're going to love Cause of Death Ghost. Why? in this game it's a hidden role game where you have to figure out who your enemies are oh like werewolf yeah like werewolf what are some of the special roles well you're either a ghost or a hunter trying to find the opposition is it any fun 
It's a lot of fun because you point to someone you want to kill. And what happens if you kill the person you want to kill? It depends, but most of the time you get points. What's a point? Uh, it, it's a reward for not killing the zombie. You don't want to do that. What are the rest of the rules? I'll tell you, but this elevator is almost done. <laughs> I slept with your father. So don't kill the zombie and the poltergeist gets points for not dying and run on sentences are okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. Sean kind of threw you under the bus there. Well, I don't really know the rules to the game at all. I've only played it like two times. <laughs> you played one full game, so you go around the entire table, but yeah. You didn't sell me on Cause of Death Ghost. I, all I remember, it's been so long, all I remember is that it's a hidden role game and that there's pointing. Right. So it, it has to be less than a majority. So if there's five players playing, it only takes two people pointing at one person, which is part of the fun of the game is because habitually you don't realize how much you point to people just conversationally. You say things like, yeah, well, Doug over there thinks that, and then someone just jumps on Doug as well. Like, you're pointing at Doug, and now I'm too. Doug's dead. So Doug dies and has to reveal. And basically, you're either a ghost or a hunter. If you're on the ghost team, if a hunter dies, you get two points, and vice versa for the hunters. But there's also colors to it. So if I'm a blue ghost, there's a blue hunter out there. And if I kill a blue hunter, I get a bonus point. So instead of just two points, I get three. But you have to be careful because there's a zombie out there that wants to be killed. And if the zombie gets killed, nobody gets points but the zombie. And the zombie gets a point for every non-zombie player. And in fact, you did really well, Sean. Everyone pointed at Sean and he was a zombie. I remember that. Did you win that game? I think Solomon maybe won. I don't remember. But yeah, so it is, was. Is there like cubes like Love Letter to keep track of points? Yeah, but we didn't have any cubes on us, so we just... How did we keep track? Oh, our business cards. We had business cards right there, so we oh, just okay. used business okay. cards. And then yeah. once, once the point and the reveal happens, is it you shuffle and then redeal? Yeah, so it's a drafting game. The first person, they draw two cards, choose one, and pass one. Then the next person takes the card that was just passed to them and then draws one from the pile and then passes one of those two and so on and so forth. So the fascinating thing is that the first player doesn't really get any information like the last player does, because the last player in the circle gets two cards and buries one in the middle. So the last player knows which card is buried, but doesn't know anything else about any future player. So there's this trade-off, and that's why the game ends after you've gone a full round of everyone getting to start and everyone getting to go last. So that's usually when it ends. Cool. That does sound awesome. It does sound really cool. <laughs> It's super light, it's super tight, and it's one of those harmless games that even if you're like, oh, this game's bullshit, you just wasted 10 minutes of your life. Sure, sure. Uh, Sean, what have you been playing? Did some playtesting in Alan's uh, game Thingy. Tons of fun. Uh, played the XCOM board game for the first time. Played Dungeon Crawl Classics with Dawn and the rest of the Tuesday Night Gang. Uh, played a lot of Duel and played some Cause of Death Ghost. Did did you like XCOM? Was it did it live up to your I don't know if you had expectations, but did it live up to something? I loved XCOM. I thought, I mean, for like a heavy game, it moves super fast. Um, the decisions feel like uh, real decisions because you have to choose between the lesser of two evils or the greater of two goods. Um, 
it was just a lot of fun. You know, I just thought it was really well done for an XCOM game. Uh, I'm normally not one to even jump on like video game sort of ports, but this one feels really true to the theme, really true to the game, um, the PC game. Uh, and we had a lot of fun. It was difficult, but it didn't feel like Xeno Shift, where I felt like it was just impossible and that impossibility was just hidden in randomness. It felt like better communication, uh, better use of our resources, and you know, better play would have actually won us the game. It didn't feel like it was just like, well, this is impossible, and we basically have a 5% chance randomly to win this game. All right, all right. Uh, I guess last question before we wrap up. We're a little over. That's no big deal, though. Uh, was there any debut Origins games that showed up? Or or was it everything? So the most popular games, and I definitely kept my ear to the ground for this, was Sushi Go Party. And forgive me, I don't have the computer in front of me, or I should say my computer skills. It was called Tyranny of Something or Something. It is a Dungeons and Dragons game by Wizards of the Coast that's deck building and area control, where you're building your deck and there's two types of currency. One currency that you're building up is just used to buy more cards, but the other currency is kind of like power, which allows you to move units a la kind of risk style on a map. And at the end of the game, if you have a majority of control of an area, you get victory points. I didn't get to play it, but people were interested in that. See, most people were really interested in junk art, which is a Jenga killer with different rule sets. And I always had the question, well, what's better, junk art or boss sack? And the answer I got every time someone was telling, trying to tell me about junk art was, ball sack? What's ball sack? And I say, no, not ball sack, boss sack. It's the best Jenga building type game that I know of. I want to know how junk art compares to it, but they've never played boss sack. So I didn't get to play that either, but that was probably the most popular. So those are the three games that I really heard about, except for World Championship Russian Roulette and Duel. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. It sounds like uh, Origins was worth going to, just as a company and as you guys as just players. Yeah, yeah. We should really share our Dungeon Crawl classic role-playing experience we had in our hotel room with our Tuesday night volunteers. It was pretty cool. But that's for another time. Another time. Oh, you always, you always want to keep them wanting... Want... You want them to keep wanting more. There, Shut up, SPJ. There's something. There was a point there somewhere. <laughs> we uh, Tuesday night podcast will be at Gen Con again. The the event is on Saturday night at 6 p.m. It's free. You can send in any emails, questions, or anything to the show uh, podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. Alan, where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Facebook, Alan Gerding. My name's spelled A-L-A-N-G-E-R-D-I-N-G. I'm also on the tweets, at Alan Gerding. Awesome. And Sean? You can find me on Twitter at at Sean McCoy, S-E-A-N-M-C-C-O-Y. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It is at Dragging a Lake. You can also follow the podcast, or I should just say Tuesday Night Games on Twitter. Uh, that is at Play T K. G. Otherwise, we'll be back next week because this episode is finished. Yeah.